<laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Tom, and Ian's just over here. Hello there. We are two clown graduates uh, or clown performers who graduated from NICA, which is a national circus school in Australia, Melbourne. Today we're going to be doing uh, highlighted histories. This is part two of the Charlie Chaplin one. Uh, you can go see part one, just the episode before this. Have a look at that first. I think it will make much more sense and then come back here. So just as a quick little thing, highlighted histories is where one of us, it kind of explains the biography of a famous clown persona or person and like kind of what they did through their life. And uh, yeah, Ian's doing Charlie Chaplin. This is part two. And we're about to get into his more self-directed half of his life. We're going to get into his life just after he has become his own independent producer. So at this stage, he's already very, very successful. Sweet. All right. Let's crack into it. So basically now we're up to the section of Charlie Chaplin's story where he becomes an independent movie producer. And so between 1923 and 1929, Charlie massively slows down his production pace. Right. So he's no longer cranking out eight movies a year. The next sort of, um, and part of this reason is he was becoming a huge perfectionist. Right. (laughs) (laughs) As an example of his perfectionism, in the filming of The Kid, which was one of his very famous earlier films, which we talked about in the last episode, there was something up to 53 takes for every successful shot. Oh my God. That's so many. Do you remember when we were watching it, uh, the kid is is one of the few Charlie Chaplin films Tom and I have actually watched. Yeah, <laughs> the scenes are quite long. Like you've yeah. got probably, you know, two three minutes of footage for each cut. Yeah. Could you imagine filming oh. each one up to fifty three times? That would drive oh. you insane. God, that's nuts. So in this six year period, after becoming an independent producer, he creates three movies instead of like the 12 per year he was doing with Mutual Company. And uh, during this time, um, he marries and divorces. Well, he divorces and marries again. Right. The second marriage sparked controversy because his new wife was 16 years old. (laughs) Oh, whoa. That's very young. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin was uh, a bit of a a bit of a cradle snatcher. It seems. Jesus. Uh, and her name was Lita Gray, and uh, at the time Charlie was thirty-five. That's over double. That's over double. So <laughs> they had to marry in Mexico because it was illegal to marry in California. Whoa. Good. <laughs> Sorry, with his second wife, they had two children. We haven't, I haven't recorded every single one of his children that were born, oh, but I have here. That's right. Uh, he, had, he had two children with his first wife, and they were named Charlie after himself and Sydney after Charlie's brother. Right. So his second relationship, this also went pretty badly. Apparently, Charlie was always working really long hours in the film studio to get away. Oh. <laughs> when 
uh, Lita Gray filed for divorce. It got super messy, and um, all of this like leaked out into the media <laughs> and uh, became like pretty controversial. So Charlie was making a movie while all this was happening, and uh, they had to stop production for like between eight to ten months to sort out like this divorce. Right. It's eight to ten months is is different because it's different between different sources. Um, some say mm-hmm. ten, some say eight. And uh, what he ended up doing is he ended up paying a six hundred thousand dollar divorce settlement. <laughs> oh, that's so much money. So during this, during these three movies, actually, two of these are super really a super popular. One of them was called The Gold Rush, which Charlie thought was one of his best works. It has a The Gold Rush has a really famous scene where his character eats a shoe. I don't know if you've seen that before. Apparently, that's a really famous scene. Uh, I'll include a link in the description um, of that particular scene. And um, as well as in this time, one of those three movies was also The Circus. Oh. So The Circus was the film that had to stop production because of the divorce, as well as The Circus also had a studio fire while he was filming, uh, which caused another month of delay. Oh, right. Cool. So I have another note here again that most of the documentation about Charlie is often directly linked to the films. Like each film is kind of a chunk of time in itself. This is because most of his films at the time were extremely, extremely successful in the box office as well as very contemporary compared to all of its competing genres. So in this next period, uh, in 1929, Sound had just been released into movies. So it's the end of the silent film era. All of the films before that were basically silent movies, but what they would have is they would have a musical component played over the top. Which he wrote. Which he wrote, yeah. So even though Sound was introduced, Charlie, instead of immediately switching, he actually decides to make another silent movie, um, Mm -hmm. which caused like a little bit of like a... Oh, like, oh, Charlie's going to make another side film, huh? Like, that's interesting. <laughs> so it's almost in defiance of, of the new technology. And um, mm. this movie is called City Lights. And um, so City Lights, it's quite funny, actually, because nearly, like, a large majority of the films that Charlie made after becoming an independent producer are considered his best films. And really? there's lots of them. There's like eight movies that are considered like the best films. <laughs> right. And uh, this particular one that he made that was the last silent film that he did was called City Lights. Mm-hmm. Charlie's character basically falls in love with like a blind flower seller. To give you an idea of just how like on point and successful this film was, the final scene has been described as the greatest piece of acting and the highest moment in movies. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's pretty intense. So we're going to include a link in the description to that final scene. Um, I watched it today and like nearly like was nearly a tearjerker. And I'm sure if I watched the whole film like with the context, yeah, like with, totally. with surrounding context, I'm pretty sure it, it's a, uh, it, well, it is a very beautiful scene. No spoilers. Uh, you're like gonna have to click the link in the description to find out what it's all about. <laughs> During his whole life, Charlie just continues to make movies. Like he doesn't really ever stop making movies. Pretty much, he slows yeah. down the production. It comes to maybe like 
one every four to six years after this point because he's already a superstar. Like, Right, of course. He never needs to make another film in his life. Doesn't really need to make another film in his life. So in... 1936 he releases a movie called modern times and so this is the final film that he made that uses the tramp character oh and kind of i suppose like the end of the peak of his popularity this is the first kind of movie where charlie chaplin sort of moves into having a bit of a social commentary in his films Uh and to really start to bring parody and bring attention to what people are experiencing And in particular, Modern Times is about a character during the Depression who is struggling to work in a manufacturing assembly line. And all of his gags are inside the world of machinery and what can go wrong. This movie had like a little bit of backlash in America in particular, just because of like it started having a little bit more of a sort of like a social commentary in it. Yeah, totally. And um, some people didn't like the direction it was taking. But it was still like it was still very like successful and commercially viable, mostly in, in mm-hmm. other countries. Right. Yeah. Um, again, uh, Modern Times was titled one of Charlie Chaplin's best films. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. <laughs> so after the release of this film, at some point he meets another woman and starts a relationship, marrying his third wife. Eventually, they eventually separate uh, because it comes out that Charlie had an affair, and. Uh, <laughs> That's like a whole kind of debacle in it in and of itself. Like, I think like the FBI were involved. If I'm right, like, whoa, basically because the affair, the woman he had the affair with had a baby, so they had to be like investigated because he claimed that it wasn't his. I think something like that. Oh, okay. So a couple of years later, this is when Charlie creates and releases his probably most controversial film yet, called The Great Dictator, which is mm-hmm. in 1940. So in the film, he plays a Jewish barber and another man who basically resembles Adolf Hitler. And in the final scene of this movie, Charlie breaks character completely and gives like a direct-to-camera speech about humanity and unity. So it just takes like a complete like, all right, movie's kind of done and here's like my political yeah. point of, points of view. Yeah, it's it's very intense, actually. You can find – we'll include a link in the description below of that final speech because it's, pretty, it's uh-huh. pretty powerful. And um, it, I can imagine it being quite shocking, actually, to sit in the cinema and be like, oh, wow, it's a nice comedy. And like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a pretty big gap between now and his next film. Charlie Chaplin's getting a little bit older now. So when he releases The Great Dictator, he's 50 – one, if I did my math correctly there. Right. His next movie was called Monsieur Verdux. I don't know if I said that right. Or Verdot. Oh, yeah, the X would be silent. <laughs> Monsieur Verdot, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh-huh. Someone have to comment in the section below how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Which was seven years later. And um, oh. this didn't, movie didn't go particularly well in America, partly because it had even more of his political views in it. Right. And this movie actually got booed during its American premiere screening. In other countries, it did okay, but newfound appreciation for the movie was found in later years, in like the 60s and 70s. Yeah, of course. And funnily enough, at the same time, he was actually beginning to be accused as a communist. Oh. (laughs) Like accused to be a communist uh, by the media for some of the friends that he had. 
That's so weird. So there was like growing controversy around whether Charlie Chaplin was a communist <laughs> or not, <laughs> which I had no idea. So there was another really big gap between this film and in 1952. So he was 63 uh-huh. years old. He made another movie called Limelight, where he basically removed any political views from it and instead made it more autobiographical. Oh, so it's cool. all about like, it's a bit more about his, his life. So it was actually about a performer who was falling in popularity. Oh, that's so interesting. So in the movies, um, The Great Dictator and Monsieur Verdot, however you say it, and Limelight, he's no longer playing the tramp character. He's doing, he's playing other characters. The movie Limelight actually also has a cameo appearance by Buster Keaton. Oh. <laughs> uh, which I'm not sure if we have already mentioned may have a highlighted histories episode himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just made he only made a couple more films after this point. So Limelight was kind of like like the really like the beginning of, well not really the beginning of the end, but he was getting a lot older and wasn't really making yeah. he didn't really need to make any more films. He sort of made three more movies after that, but none of them really had the same kind of success of his other ones uh-huh. because they were 40 years ago, you know, up to 35 years ago. Yeah, right. So, could you imagine now, like, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> like, in, <laughs> in, in 30 years, like, still making movies and trying to keep the same amount of hype? Like, it must have been super yeah, difficult. I think, yeah, just after Limelight was released, because of he was being accused of being a communist, he actually gets banned from the United States of America. <laughs> what? Yeah. Whoa. There's like a whole bunch of – it probably, you know, you can look into it a little bit more. Like, But he gets banned from the United States and the condition of re, his re-entry was to be – apply for an interview about his political views. So because he's like this super famous, you know, in, influencer basically, his uh, political views were very um, scrutinized. So even if there was like, you know, an inkling that he was a communist, they're like, all right, we're, we're kicking you out. So he like jumps on a boat with his, yeah, with, his totally. with his family, is not permitted to re-enter until in the, in the 70s. Between the 60s and 70s, like Charlie's like pretty old. He's like, he's, uh, you know, between 60 to 70 years old at this point. Yeah. Close to, yeah. 70 to 80. 70 to 80 years old. Um, basically, he starts getting added to like all of the halls of fame, you know, like, America, like, like he gets the dis- distribution rights to all his films, and begins mm-hmm. like re-releasing and like um, basically, oh, wow. basically remastering some of his old films. Uh-huh. So these kind of like he starts getting added to all sorts of halls of fame, um, and as this is happening, you know, probably close to twenty years after he gets banned from the United States. They kind of like – I think it's maybe 15 years after he gets banned from the United States. They kind of want to like make it up to him and like apologize. So right. they add his star to the um, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right. Yeah, he gets added to the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1972. So at the age of 83. Uh-huh. Also, he gets allowed to re-enter uh, America to receive an Oscar. 
So <laughs> they basically say, all right, fine, like here's your Academy Award. And basically we're going to include a link in the description of the particular ceremony. But when he receives his Oscar or his Academy Award, he gets the longest standing ovation in the Academy Awards history. He gets a standing ovation for 12 minutes straight of applause. That's so nuts. Which is so nuts. In the video on YouTube, it's a cut down to about about five to six minutes, and that's including his introductory speeches. So there's only about two minutes of the applause in the video, but it's super incredible. Imagine... Imagine just applauding for like 12 minutes straight. Your hands would get so sore. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So that's pretty much near the end, actually. He, um, Charlie Chaplin passes away in 1977. So in 1972, he got the Academy Award. So he passes away five years later at the age of 88. So he passed away on Christmas Day in 1977 and uh one kind of funny fact about his death that after he passed away his body was stolen uh for ransom <laughs> which is pretty hectic oh my god it's kind of funny but uh it's pretty awful <laughs> that's crazy yeah so another quick fact is um he is said to be inspiration for characters such as felix the cat and mickey mouse Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That's so funny. And um, also on Charlie Chaplin's website, there's uh, a page of his favorite recipes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so we'll include that in the description as well. Do you, when was the, where did he go when he was exiled? He went to Europe. Right. So he just stayed in Europe, I think, for for like 15 years or so, or like maybe just... Yeah, right. That's nuts. Yeah, 15 to 20 years, because it was, it was 1952 that he was exiled, and it was 1972 mm-hmm. that he got the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it, was, it was 20 years that he was exiled, <laughs> that he didn't return to America, which is intense. Jesus. That's so long. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing. There is definitely a lot more depth, as I uh, as I said in the disclaimer. It's very hard to do justice to the effect that Charlie Chaplin had on cinema. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of vocabulary you need to desc- to describe exactly how he did it. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is the end of. Part two of the Highlighted Histories, a quick biography. Biography. (laughs) (laughs) A quick biography of Charlie Chaplin. Um, There, don't worry, everyone. There is not going to be a part three. (laughs) Don't worry. There is not going to be a part three. He doesn't return from the dead. He stays dead, everyone. Good news. He, uh, he, doesn't he, become a zombie. he is very much past away. There is no <laughs> zombies. <laughs> All right, shall we do a joke of the day? Uh, yeah, we should. So. You ready? 
<laughs> okay, I've got one. This one's so so <laughs> slight disclaimer for this one. It's a little bit of a dark humor joke. Um, so if you don't like dark humor, I'm sorry. It's not like that bad, but you know, we'll see how we go. Can we have this on a clown podcast? I think so. It's not that bad. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. You don't need a parachute to do, to go skydiving. You need a parachute to go skydiving twice. <laughs> wow oh damn so good what a classic yeah <laughs> alrighty thank you for listening this has been part two of Highlight History's Incredible. Charlie Chaplin uh, my name is Ian I'm Tom and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, leave us a comment on what you th- what you liked. Um, if you'd like to us to do anything in particular, please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.